Welcome back to the NPR Podcast. My name is Andrew Ouellette, and joining me, Monsignor John Fritz and Stephen DeJulius. Well, boys, we're about to start Lent, or we have already started Lent. Yeah, Let's like, where that. have you been? Let's start it's that one It's Fat Tuesday over. for us. It's Fat Tuesday. <laughs> When's this one going to air? This Friday? Yeah. Friday, yeah. Okay. Because that's why I said we got to get at least this one in. Yeah. All right. Two, we got to get two. Every other Tuesday. Okay. Mr. So. Hey, I had my niece's birthday party. It was Chick-fil-A, and I couldn't eat it, so. so lame. It's just a niece. Daughter, okay. Wife, definitely. Parent, maybe. Niece? Come on. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't. I, it was weak hopefully, too. Hopefully that side of the family doesn't listen to this podcast. <laughs> I don't know them. What am I here? All right. My family doesn't listen, so I can I can diss nieces all I want. My nieces don't listen. <laughs> I'll talk to my niece, Laurel, and be like, Monsignor doesn't like you. It's all true. Monsignor said I don't have to go to your birthday party. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to the NPR Podcast. My name is Andrew Willette, and joining me, Monsignor John Fritz and Stephen DeJulius. Well, boys, we're into Lent. Yes, yes, we are. You it have your sackcloth and your ashes? Yes. Your whip? Actually, I I, I freaked myself out a little bit. Uh-oh. <laughs> Already? Because uh, I was burning uh, all the old palms, and yeah, please bring them in annually. Don't save them up. Like... You know, for half a decade, and then bring me a sheaf, and I because I gotta burn them. They get a little flammable. <laughs> a well, little too flammable. there was like a huge Guilty. tongue of flame. Yeah, there's just <laughs> and I, I, it was it's really cold out, and there's it's really really windy here. So I did it over just kind of in the little niche over by what I call the Quasimodo door yeah. because it's just a little door. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, I positioned myself out of the wind and the cold, so I was between the fire and the church. I had nowhere to go. <laughs> And like this big column of flame, and then all of a sudden, some of it was must have been a bit wet because then it was just this big column of smoke, and I couldn't breathe. <laughs> I'm like, I'm gonna die, you know, making ashes Sunday. for Ash Wednesday. I'm surprised you're not like, welcome to NPR yeah. podcast, <laughs> like a sim, like and a, your eyebrows are still like here a Marge too. Sis- Simpson sister, oh, like oh, an my. emphysemic woman yeah. from New Jersey. Yeah, you know, all, of I mean, I, like, all of a sudden, I got an Eastern accent again with the palm branches, though. I mean, it's not. Like, I don't know about you, Stephen, but every year I'm like, it's after the time to to distribute the, to You're not the palms to Monsignor. And then I'm like, well, no, because I'm, I'm like, oh, no, what do I do with this? I just found a palm. And it's like, well, I have to wait till next year. And then all of a sudden, when you do remember, you're, you realize you have like 50 or, or 60. Yeah, we got a bunch of old palms. <laughs> yeah, well, you can burn them yourself. You you especially, you can. Because yeah, can you, you've got property. You can burn and bury. Burn. You don't need a special blessing to burn No, no. No, but we're the, but don't, don't everybody do it because then we won't have ashes for next year. So uh, that's that's the idea. You're supposed to to burn the the palms from Palm Sunday, and we also do the here we do the uh, Saint Peter Martyr palms. Mm, that's right. So you can bring those into, um, so I had some so I had some of those left over. Um, I mean, burn those, and that's what we that's what we use yearly. They're they're refreshed yearly for Ash Wednesday. Nice. So So why don't we, I mean, now that we're in the holy season of Lent, I think it would be great for us to talk about uh, penance and 
what penance is. What do we mean by penance? Especially like sometimes those words are thrown around like penance, mortification. Um, well, penance is sacrifice, used, so. right? Um, but no, most times we use, or most frequently, the most commonly used meaning of penance is re- with regard to confession, mm-hmm. either as the sacrament of penance or the penance that the priest assigns uh, to make satisfaction for sins, which is not unrelated to penance in general, but, and, and I suppose it could be, right? Uh, like the, the assigned penance in a confession is most frequently prayer, which is one third of penance in general, mm-hmm. but he could, I suppose, any priest could um, assign fasting or almsgiving as a penance. Well, it would be good if it were appropriate. Like if the sin were gluttony, then fasting would be appropriate. If the sin were avarice, then almsgiving would be appropriate. Now, I've heard of a priest one time that gave a penance of buying an ice cream cone for himself because he, this person treats himself too harshly. What do you think about it's, those penances? The microphone just doesn't pick up Monsignor's face. <laughs> <laughs> How I, penitential is that, Monsignor? I, I, I do not... I do not make comment on other priests' penances. The face says it all, though. So I like the idea. Well, at of- first, I, what I heard you under saying was that I thought you were telling me that the penance was to buy the priest an ice that's cream. That's what I thought you were going to say. <laughs> <It's> like, like, <laughs> my, my, my first thought was like, that's an idea. I could get behind that. <laughs> Next time I go to confession, he's going to hear my voice and just be like, ah, ice cream. It's ice cream. Get like some Martin's fried chicken, will you? <laughs> <laughs> mm, Chick fil A. Come on, man, it's Lent, and you're talking about Martin's <laughs> fried right. chicken? Chick fil A. Uh, Chick fil A. Yeah. Pizza. You ever you ever just want Chick fil A, but it's Sunday? Yes, that's yeah. usually when I want it. Just like usually on Fridays is when I smell Frankie's barbecue over here in the neighborhood. Mm. I've never had Frankie's barbecue. Neither have I, because I only smell it on Fridays, it seems. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, have, I have had it. I'm not actually that big of a fan of. Of barbecue in general, but it's it's it smells you're good. from the north, yeah. No, yeah, I, I'm north of something. I mean, unless you're from Antarctica, you're north of something. <laughs> your mother would take chili and just leave it out in the cold. Well, yes, because we lived in Iowa. I'm not. I never considered Iowa the north. I'm, what's what's more of a lateral the understanding? I, Iowa is like north. Canada to me. That's because you have no sense of spatial <laughs> ge- like geography. Canada? Just it's it's just higher up than Indiana, oh. so you know it's not higher up. It it's more like it's if more you like drive due, due west from here, you probably go to Davenport. So the northern Iowa is north north of yeah. northern Indiana. Yeah, okay. But you're from the sense. Davenport area, right? Yeah, where the Mississippi. Uh, so runs you are west. a southern boy. So I'm on the north side of the river. I'm no- on the north side of the river that runs north and south. <laughs> Anyways, let's get back to the subject. Except of there, place. it runs west. <laughs> let's talk about. I do like. What you brought up about penance of how there is a relation that you could offer something, uh, some sort of penitential act like fasting or almsgiving. Right. Well, because penance in general is prayer, fasting, almsgiving. And we usually refer to penance um, in confession. You know, the penance uh, applied is it's it's some something to indicate sorrow for sin, uh, repentance amendment of life and to make satisfaction for sin so what's interesting with penance is i think that the virtue that corresponds most closely to the act of penance is that of justice because right it, justice is what it's rendering that which is owed to another and so what we're actually doing is 
you know, there is there is forgiveness that happens from our contrition and our purpose of amendment, um, the priest giving absolution, but we also have to make amends and repair that which has been broken. Um, right. So, I mean, that the the thing which our Lord achieves, right, which is salvation from hell, that is the, the main thing that the sacrament of penance does, right? It it forgives the guilt of mortal sin, right? So, And it removes eternal punishment. However, there is still temporal punishment due to that sin um, that has to be satisfied, and that's what the penance is supposed to be for. And that's why we also do penance outside of the confession experience, for lack of a better term, and we live a penitential life uh, to some degree is to make satisfaction for our sins so that we want to make sure that we do satisfaction in this life rather than the next, because that's what purgatory is for, is to, is to purify us to make satisfaction for a venial sins um, unforgiven or for the temporal punishment due to mortal sins forgiven. Um, and we want to do as much as we can here because purgatory is a lot worse than the worst suffering in this life. You know, I'm reading right now Kristen Laverne's Daughter. Yes, um, that's a good book. Great, massive it. book. Yeah. Like, it is actually a trilogy, yeah. Somebody somebody tricked me. They said, oh, here, read this book and we'll give you a steak dinner. All 1,100 pages? Yeah, well, no, it's actually, wait, I actually deserve three steak dinners because it's actually a trilogy, <laughs> and I did read all three, and it's worth it. I mean, it's it's very good. Yeah, it's like a doorstop, but it is, I mean, it won the Nobel Prize. It's one of the reasons that she won the Nobel anything. Prize. Prizes don't mean anything to me. Well, you could take your human respect. And what you if can someone just... gave you the Nobel Prize? You'd be kind of cool with that, right? Yeah, you would. I, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'd be, a, I'd be a cool. It's like if you want to give me a prize, sure. But I'm Nobel not, laureate. And I'm, I'm not trying to to get a prize. I don't in care. Sermons. What would I win a Nobel prize for? Yeah, what, what? would I? What would what, I win what, it for? What would, what, would, what would the book win the Nobel prize for? No, she won it in, for, for literature. literature. For oh, literature, oh, but okay, it was yeah. largely through Kristen Laverne's daughter. Okay, uh, but in the book, Ingrid Udstedt is the yeah, yeah is the yeah, author. Yeah. Third Order Dominican too. There you go. Um, she has a biography of Catherine of Siena. I haven't read it yet. But. It's on my list, my, yeah. my ever-growing reading list. So to our listeners, including the Vlad from Estonia, uh, the next... And V oh, underscore Putin. The next 30 seconds are a spoiler alert, but um, I just finished the part where Labyrinth's, uh, uh, Labyrinth dies, and there's a great part in there where... Um, the narrator, or actually what Kristen is thinking is that he's probably preparing himself for purgatory, even though she's like, why does he need to go to purgatory? Because he's a very holy man. But she saw in his face like a a youthful vigor, like when he was um, uh, probably a young lad going off to fight and go, go off into battle. So he was like, on his deathbed, he's preparing himself mentally for like facing the fires of purgatory, which I thought was a really, really... Uh, well, in a sense, I mean that's 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 very apt um, because that actually maybe it wasn't. Does, does she say the fires of purgatory? Is that oh clear yeah in the book? Yeah, even though the fires like the church has never really talked about like a literal fire, but but well, Saint Thomas fire. says the fires of hell is a literal fire, and purgatory is in a sense part of hell. But but what what I was getting at is does he really? Yeah. Oh. Um, yeah, he says like hell's a real place and it's real fire. Well, I know that about a hell, but but I didn't know he said that. Um, about purgatory. I'd have to go double check to, mm. to that, but um, no. But I was thinking of, you know, our death is the final battle. That is the ultimate 
pitched mm-hmm. battle. And that's why it's important to receive the sacrament of extreme unction or anointing of the sick in due time. It's not meant for your last breath. I mean, that's you can get it then, but it's best to get it to actually do battle during that last period of, of illness or, or whatever, um, is to, to take on that suffering and, and to face death as, as a brave and perfect Christian. Can you go back to what you were referring to in terms of like um, not just penance we perform through the counsels of the priest in the sacrament of confession, but living out a life of penance. Uh, a penitential life, yeah. yeah. Yeah, like what would that, maybe some concrete examples of what that would look like or... You well, know. if we consider, you know, penance as prayer, fasting, and almsgiving, that it's, I, I think we could probably make a um, a comparison to the evangelical councils, right? Mm-hmm. So you have poverty, chastity, and obedience. Those are councils. The religious, that, and in one sense, to, to vow those with a solemn vow is what makes a religious, right? That's what canonically that gives you that, that identity within the body of the church, Um as a religious, but we're all called to live them to some degree, right? And the same thing with penance. We're all called to do some sort of penance according to our state in life. Obviously, um, you know, there's a confraternity of, of penitents that's going to be more strict. You know, um, certain orders have their own penances, um, and the life itself is penitential if you consider um, you know, the Carthusians. Um, or Carmelites and things like that. But we're also called to do penance, which we're all called to prayer, at least periods of fast, and to give alms. So prayer is is directed to right the worship of God, right? It, it's our abandonment to divine providence. It's asking for those things we need, particularly spiritual things. Um, it's to show a dependence. It's to kill pride. Um, and fasting... Um, really technically fasting is refraining from eating and drinking. I mean, we, we can expand it. I I think it's right for, uh, there's a a proper place of expanding it, uh, to include fasting from something, right? I'm going to give up something. That's really not what fasting is, but I, I, I think there is an appropriateness to expanding it, particularly if your parents have small children, they can't do the fasting, and that's especially for as they're growing, you know, they're under the age of reason and whatever. So you can get them into the spirit of fasting by having them give up something, giving up um, a particular game or activity that they like or something like that. Um, but I think, hear me out, I think it's a little bit of a cop-out for adults to kind of give up things and not actually refrain from eating things. Right. Like, to actually do fast. I mean, we're... we're, well, we're there's two two days of mandatory fast now. Seriously? Like, if you give up... Seriously. Netflix, you're still eating massive cheeseburgers and fries. Yeah, like, uh, like oh, this is, you know, this is harder. Really? Well, then, you know, I don't, why don't you actually do a, a real fast fast then? Yeah. You know? Well, and also, to that point... Because there's... there's there's great, not only merit in it, but it's a proven thing that the yeah. saints and and our forefathers, even the kind of the uncanonized saints, have done. Like anyone who's gotten to heaven has fasted. I think that's. Yeah. I, I think I could be pretty categorical in that, um, without exception, that that that's the case. Yeah, I mean, I would say that like that's great if you want to give up social media during Lent or but that's not fasting on Prime. But also, right, right. What are you going to do to deny yourself 
right with with fasting you know with the fasting. because it's that interior battle which is what these things are really to help us for and, and there is a, there's a bit of an interior battle to, to give up that sort of things is to, to order our life properly but you know to it's not simply giving up quantities of food which is technically what fasting is but it's also to remain joyful and cheerful in doing it so you can't like me it's it is particularly hard not the giving up food that's you know i can go to bed hungry i mean it's like it's actually easier for me to not eat because it's just not enough not it's not worth the work you know (laughs) it's like it's like oh i'm hungry i'll just go to bed you know i just rather go to bed i'm out of hungry mans yeah (laughs) no i don't do that um but but to not give in to the the hangry, yeah, not to be irritable, yeah, yeah. you know, and and to to push through the weakness after mm-hmm. a period of two or three weeks of fasting mm-hmm. of that that decreased nutrition, to actually push through and continue to do that level of work that is your duty, then then we're talking about tougher metal there. It's like what our Lord says, you know, don't fast like the hypocrites, and uh, right. So he he tells us what not to do, which is the gospel for for. Ash Wednesday. Yeah, what do you say? Still brush your hair, right? Wasn't that right? Wash your yeah. face. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, so yeah, you, you could just... shave for Lent. <laughs> what are you telling me, Monsignor? I know I'm looking to... at both of you. I know I need to trim my beard, <laughs> oh, but what are you telling me? Just, I'm just saying, you know, <laughs> do not look. You know, I wonder if it... don't look what <laughs> I was going to say. Is, I, I don't know the Greek. Maybe did he say don't look shaggy? You know, in the in the Greek, the, the original Zoinks. the original Greek says, "Don't look shaggy. Don't look well. You know, don't look unkempt." Yeah, that, 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 that is part you of it. You should look professional. You know, in the early church, that was one of the ways you told, told the difference between a pagan and a Christian was by if you had a beard or not. The pagans had beards. The Christians shaved their face. So really? There we go, pagans. Yeah. But then I remember reading some quotes from saints that were like, the test of manliness is like the length of your beard. And I mean, this is... Then like, I'm like... <gasps> this is like 300. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Got to have those cool. dividing lines there. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that that's very spot on what you're saying about just being more intentional in our Lent and exercise. One of the things I'm grateful with the pre-Lenten season is that that actually gives us some time to right. pray about it and think about it. And, and, and just start... Actually, you can always... you can. Of course, now that you know septo adjustment period is over, but thinking of it for next year, um, use the pre-Lent as kind of a trial run for things that you want to do. Test them out. Yeah. Yeah. Because that that's an important thing that I often counsel people is push yourself, stretch yourself, really try to form habits that you want to to do and, and do real penance, but don't overreach because I want you to persevere. That, that's an important virtue is to be constant and persevere. So don't bite off more than you can chew, and and then you're discouraged. You know, come mm-hmm. the Wednesday after the first Sunday of Advent, and you've already given up. Yeah. Like, well, that's you, not that's not what we want. We we want um, you know the, perseverance as well. The medieval, the Western medieval customs of fasting were much stricter oh, than yeah. we have even today. And you know, I know we like to dunk on the East a lot, and it's just kind of fun sometimes. We, we? but. Yes, we. Yes, we. <laughs> I was gonna say it's more us than you. You're like more defending, but I like to dunk on the east sometimes as well. But I mean, when you're you, not listening to Toto, I mean, you got to admit though that they're they're uh, they've kept the traditional fast. Toto, um, like the east in terms of of having a a fast during Advent as penitential season, and then they, I mean, they're very hardcore in their fast for Lent in terms of. 
what they give up. And so I well, think is it, to be is it quantity of food or is it just the kinds of books that they do give up? Like it is kinds. And I like know they give up dairy like and quantity, stuff, but right? like, I mean, it's tough because you give up uh, also um, oils too. You can't cook with olive oil and um, you can't. What, what, what do you cook with? I don't yeah, think you, you cook an, with anything. You need an oil. To I've talked to you. You have, I've talked you have to, to either use butter, lard or fat. oil, yeah. but they don't. The restrictions are no oil and no fat. Are you sure? It's, mm-hmm. Is it no animal oil, or is, can you use vegetable oil? No oil is what what I've read and what I've talked to some busies about. That's what I call Byzantine Catholics. It's so. some nasty food. Well, not necessarily. I mean, it's, especially if there's a tradition of it, then there's there's can, ways around it. You can figure meals, it out. Yeah. You can grill. I mean, stuff would stick to the grill, but yeah. you can still grill. But you can't have. You no. What's you, what are you going to grill? Peas. Vegetables. How do you grill peas? You just don't eat peas. <laughs> well, that's a good lead to me, but my my four year old eats peas. <laughs> um, I actually do like peas, though, because I think that there's like no meat, and no fish, right? I mean, no meat, no fish, no dairy, right? Um, and no no oil and no fish. Oh, I didn't know. That. Yeah. yeah, so they actually so in their pre Lenten season they'll have. Um, Sundays where you get rid of it, so it's, it's called meat fair or cheese, cheese fair, fair, which is like bye bye, say farewell to meat, say farewell. Oh, okay. So they're in yeah. stages. They're like what you're saying right. is you know test stuff out a little bit. Um, I I do think it's helpful to you know like sometimes people treat Lent like a New Year's resolution, so they'll go to the second Sunday of Lent and be like, ah, oh, well that didn't work out, so I'm just gonna right. wait for Easter, you know. But well, I, I mean, think like, that's why the fasting is more important because that's. That doesn't change. Mm-hmm. Right. It's also yeah. possible halfway through Lent to be like, this isn't really working. I'm going to try something else. Or right. I'm not doing that yeah. great in it. I'm going to recommit my nunchepi. I'm going to recommit. I, I think, too, that what a common problem is, is that you do something and you are more or less successful during the period of Lent. But then Easter comes and you kind of go back to normal. Yeah. And there's yeah. actually been no real growth, no de- de- uh, appreciable growth or new habit formed. It's like, oh, that was fun. Because I, I think we do Lent better than we do Easter. We don't know how to actually feast. And I think that's because we actually do Lent wrong. We, we do the disciplines all right, but I don't think we do them with a goal in mind of cultivating a habit so that we are temperate when we feast. Right? Because Easter morning comes around and it's like, as everybody turns into Cookie Monster, you know, and, and it's like, oh, I ate too much. You know, I used to always feel um, kind of weird about like fish fries on Fridays, and all you can eat fish fries. All you can eat fish yeah. fries, exactly, and that, that's the part is all yeah. you can eat. Because don't get me wrong, I love a good Knights of Columbus piece of fish and fries. I love it, love it. But I've been to fish fries. Uh, I've been both to Catholic fish fries and non-Catholic fish fries, and I like to I like to judge which one has the better fish, you know. But the all-you-can-eat ones, I always felt kind of weird because it's like it's still Friday, it's and, still Lent, yeah. and I'm only supposed to have one meal, not several right. meals, you know. Um, I've always felt that way. Like, okay, we can't have meat, so we're gonna go out and have sushi, mm-hmm. you know, and it just doesn't feel like a right penance. Because really so some people it would be like, if there's eel in my sushi, that's a penance. <laughs> Has yeah. to be cooked. Yeah. You have to cook eel, or else you would die. Huh. Yeah. Well, Either way, I'm, I don't, I don't like. I won't eat eel. Yeah, I don't like eel. Eel is delicious. <laughs> Says the guy who likes Toto. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I would go get sushi for Lent I, on Friday. I don't think that's like. What if I? What if I did not even have both my collations? If I had no 
snacks. I guess, I, my, but I don't know. It just—I mean, it's—it's it's kind of a gourmet. You don't get—you get, you don't get to save those up, you know. If you <laughs> no, miss a collation, <laughs> if you miss a smaller <laughs> meal, you're just out. No, I know. It's not that. like no. Okay, I, I'm gonna have my dinner and my two collations at, all at one sitting. No, but that's, I also see what you're saying. Like, if I were have like. You know the volcano roll. Well, that's with, what I mean. I'm with, not like, talking Martin's tempura. like you know, sushi no. that you can pick up. But maybe go. I'd say like I'm gonna have some sashimi and you know, yeah, um, yeah I, I get that. I I think that I think it's just like recognizing you're still in a penitential season. Right. Exactly. It's not like I can just like point. gorge on filet of fishes, which right. is disgusting. Yeah, they're but, gross. You know, um, they have their place. <laughs> <laughs> Are you one of those guys that likes it when the McRib comes back? No, no, no. Okay, no, no, I am not. <laughs> Um, what is that made with? That's a question. Mick. <laughs> it's made with a Mick. It's the rib of a Mick. <laughs> what do you got against Irish people? It could be Scottish people. No, it's Celts in general. So I think that, um, yeah, I think it's really helpful to just take time to reevaluate. I think every week, I think every new Sunday of Lent, just to ask yourself, how was the last week? I mean, right. we should be, be doing an evening examination every night, but right. especially like, okay, this week I'm going to really, I noticed where I was kind of struggling in my uh, my penances, my fasting, my mortification. I'm going to redouble it for, right. for Lent, this week. Lent is helpful with that. It's helpful to be more self-reflective, to gain in self-knowledge of where you can improve and where your weaknesses are, and then be practical about how to, uh, to strengthen them, to rely more on Christ and what means you need to apply. Um, also, you know, coming out of a period of fasting, yes, it's fine to go back, but, you know, maybe maybe make an Easter resolution as well. Like, okay, come Easter, you know, in that, that feasting time, I'm going to go back to basically normal, but not my old normal. I'm going to have, I, sorry, I'm going to have a new normal. <laughs> since, since it's a thing, right? I'm going to be very... Monsignor's new normal. Yeah, yeah, the new normal. But, like, for example, just... Eat the recommended servings of what you buy. Like, you, you know, For steak. You know, it's like the palm of your hand. You, th- 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 what you just did there—that's not the palm. You did the whole hand. <laughs> this, this is the palm the there, palm Andrew. Palm. <laughs> yeah, potato, potato. Yeah. yeah, that doesn't mean you get two servings. I, I you know, you <laughs> pronounce it differently. Mary and well, I made two her, hands. Mary and I yeah. made ribeyes the other night, and I just put my palm out to just, and I was like. I'm gonna eat more than that, you know. <laughs> but like, like the serving size of an egg of eggs is like right. one egg, right. yeah. Or you know, the serving size of a bowl of cereal. I mean, I grew up eating basically a as much as the bowl yeah. could carry cereal. Ser- it's, yeah, the serving. If size. you just go back to serving size, and actually, I, I tried this, um, and you actually are satisfied. You're not full. You have to wait, though. It's, there's a little right. bit of a waiting period. You gotta wait Which we're not used to. Yeah, right. 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 But you do slower. feel fine. And right. I think that's that's another thing, too, is is try to have, rather than just eating, dine. Right? I like that. To actually have... I mean, that's the one of the whole points of family suppers, is eating together, is you're actually supposed to be having a dining experience, which means you're supposed to be having conversation. You are supposed to be eating yeah. slowly. Right, because you can't actually gobble your food up if you're actually telling a story while you're eating. Right. You know, um, so I, I think that there's kind of getting. I, I think if we use Lent to help us have a better Easter and then have this whole process make a better Catholic culture in our homes, I think that's gonna that's gonna pay really big dividends. I agree with you. I think that I believe that if Catholics around the world actually took Lent seriously, I think they would 
they would understand, and they would celebrate Easter with a greater solemnity than Christmas. Right, which it deserves because it is the greatest feast. Everything, the whole temporal cycle of the liturgical year centers on Yeah, on absolutely. Uh, and we forget that Advent is a penitential season as right. well, you know. Maybe you can abstain from... I tried to remind people of that, but it's not usually met with, with great cheerfulness. But, but that's the thing, though, is that like... I you, appreciate or, it. Or belief. <laughs> no, you're making that up. I'm just saying. Oh, no, I'm just wearing violet for no reason. Yeah. You know, what do I know? You know, I like Prince. <laughs> Best halftime show. Oh, Prince. Well, okay. Yeah, you say I so. remember that. It was, it was a good. great halftime. Yeah. It was Bears for, and Colts, I think. Yeah, I forget which year that was. 2006, I think. For all of his weirdness and... I don't really like his music. The guy could play guitar. The guy could play guitar. He could write a song, too. Yeah. Oh, you mean the artist formerly known as Prince? Yes. Who is now back to Prince, who is now dead? Now I guess he is the artist formerly known as Prince. Yeah, right. (laughs) I think Uh, I saw a meme that was like, now he went back to the artist formerly known as... He's not the symbol anymore. He's just just dead. So on the subject of death... Um, trying to segue <laughs> into something great. that I yeah, wanted, where are you trying to go? Just, something that just I wanted us to related to penance in ways indulgences, uh, because I think it might be nice to just have a brief conversation of what are indulgences or like what is the what is the rationale? Did we not talk about these? indulgences? I don't think we have. I think we've touched on indulgences. Did we talk before. about it when he wasn't here? It's possible. Yeah. One of the many times that he wasn't here. <laughs> one of the many times. There's been at least two. That's more than one. All right. Fuchsia peanut gallery. But <laughs> but uh, I think it might be nice because, I mean, when I'm talking to students about confession and whatnot, like one of the biggest questions they have is like, where where is the church's, where is the church getting her understanding of indulgences? It just sounds bizarre to them and i i would admit that you profess communion of saints in the creed yep there you go that doesn't doesn't i don't get it so basically what the church said if if i may is that uh the church has within her mystical body a, a treasury of graces uh that's even the image that the church uses like a treasure chest of graces oh okay so consider all the grace that christ won for us on the cross all the grace uh that our lady merited in her life St. Joseph, and then all the saints and all the angels. Right. That's a lot of grace. So I, um, I remember this. Yeah. Okay. So it's like a deposit made and we're taking out of that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, like it's the church. She, she's the, the, the steward of the goods, all the goods of the church, right. both temporal and spiritual. So she can, um, right. That's the whole, it comes down to, you know, when Christ says, he who hears you, hears me, you know, what you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And what you loose on earth should be loosed in heaven. Yeah. It's this being, a it's also as um, typology of Joseph in the Old Testament, and as Joseph in the New Testament was the steward and dispenser of mm-hmm. of things um, for the Holy Family, and and that uh, there's a lot of kind of overlap of those things. So if you can if you consider it in this way, then remember we just talked about how uh, while your sins might be forgiven in the sacrament of confession, provided that there's contrition, purpose amendment, whatnot. Um, you still have to. Uh, it's a temporal. Punishment. St- there's temp- yeah. There's temporal punishment. That because, can be because re- Christ paid for. He paid for the eternal punishment, right? So you can't do anything for that, right? Mm-hmm. There's nothing you can do to actually make up for that. So you get saved from that because of Christ's merits, but he has such a uh, super abundance of merits. There's like this infinite amount in this treasury that he gives the church 
And it's the maybe the best image is, is from the uh, parable of the Good Samaritan, right? Our Lord is the Good Samaritan and leaves a deposit with the innkeeper, who is the church, to take care of the the man who fell in with robbers, mm-hmm. to, to heal his wounds. Whatever you need, whatever you spend, I will come back and I will pay you. Yeah. So, you know, he's basically, he's made a promise to the church that she has whatever she needs to heal sinners. And to get because her whole purpose is to save souls, and you know that includes you know getting them all the way to the finish line, not just in this life. There's even a, I think one of the reference scriptural references that's used for uh, indulg- indulgences is indulgences. Yeah. Indulgences is um, it's in Matthew five twenty six where uh, well previous to this um, he's. First of all, he's talking about how if you have a, a dispute with your with someone, leave your gift at the altar, go uh, rectify and make amends, and, right. then, and then go back to the altar. If you don't, uh, then he uses this imagery of saying you will be thrown into prison, and the the guard will throw away the key, and you won't get it out until you've paid the last penny. So there's this there's, there's this a lot of, of like, those. There's other parables that basically say the same thing. Back or you know, there's a matter back. of justice here. So that's where the the temporal punishment comes from. Um, in fact, I'm just going to use this uh, another quote from Saint Jose Maria as he says, "What the flesh takes, the flesh must give back. Be generous in your penance." And so there's this demand of justice there of rendering that which is owed. But so what the indulgence does is that it it really the analogy I use with my students that helps them understand this is someone that goes to jail for a sentence of 10 years. If they are, let's say, three or four years have gone by, they've uh, exhibited good behavior, um, they have shown an amendment of their life, they perform good works in the jail, then when they're up for parole, they could be uh, pardoned and they could be um, given a shorter sentence or their sentence can be commuted. The indulgences are kind of, are, are in a way, a spiritual way like that in which we are able to, uh, we have that temporal punishment that awaits us in purgatory and that can be remitted or forgiven based on our right. our good deeds, uh, especially the, the conditions that are necessary to fulfill the indulgence. Right. So. And the indul- so the indulgence is uh, a completely reasonable idea once you kind of understand the scope of, of the church that we're talking about, you know, purgatory and and the merits of christ and the communion of saints it's all rooted in those chief truths of the faith um and kind of our even even limited understanding of justice the way way it all works it all makes sense um and indulgences are um basically two kinds plenary and partial and you cannot here's the thing though i mean and, and because there's also there are rules to it it's not just this thing where it's really simple to to you know avoid purgatory or even avoid hell and you know this is like a, a, a easy way that you can buy your way into heaven it's not that at all um you cannot apply you cannot apply any indulgence to another living person mm-hmm. so you can only apply either for a dead the dead or for yourself so i can't get an indulgence for you right because you're still in the wayfaring state you can get it for yourself oh so i couldn't like um uh give it to my children no hey your children are still young enough they don't need it mm-hmm. right because they haven't reached the age yeah. of reason they have yeah. not there's no nothing for them to satisfy yeah how do but you we get can... it for the dead <laughs> look on your face <laughs> I, 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 can't, 
not trying to like. Well, you can apply it to the dead because because by our prayers and satisfactions, we can help those that are in purgatory right. to lessen their temporal punishment. Right, because it's part of that communion of saints, okay. and because the, the reason they're poor is they cannot help themselves. They okay. can no longer merit, so they have merited by dying uh, in the state of grace. They've merited to go to heaven, but they still have temporal punishment due before they're completely purified because nothing impure can be in the presence of God. So you're basically assisting them. You're kind of helping them pay down their debt. It's an act of charity to pray for the dead to give them indulgences. Mm-hmm. So, okay, so you're just talking praying for the souls in purgatory. Right, is basically, but, but okay. I mean, whatever indulgence thing, right? Like, for example, there's the the great mercy of the, the charity of the church um, in the All Saints Octave, which includes All Souls Day, a plenary indulgence can be gained for the dead each day simply by going to the cemetery and reciting prayers for the dead there oh. under the normal circumstances that the, the I don't the, think I knew that the person mm-hmm. haven't you read the bulletin well I was aware of an indulgence <laughs> like we like received indulgence for the past five years <laughs> like we've been, I read every bulletin no, but I, I was. Haven't you read the bulletin? That's like the question of Monsignor. I'm gonna make That's a, a tagline of the podcast. <laughs> Have you read the bulletin? <laughs> well, no, I always knew there was an indulgence that we receive for that, but I didn't know. But that. you can still like. Are you, you no, those actually for our, that. That's, that's those are actually only souls. for the dead. For, yeah. During that octave, you're not doing. But also, it for any other indulgence that you receive outside of that octave, you can say like, you can't Lord, apply I'm, it to I'm the just, dead. Right. Yeah. Right. I'm giving it to the soul that in right. purgatory that needs it the most. That's very cool. Right. Um, you just really can't cool. like I can't get one for you. You can't get one for me because right. we are we are still capable of meriting. We're capable of doing that penance and mitigating that punishment ourselves. Right. But the poor souls, they can't. They cannot merit. That's why they're poor. Question for you. Before the 60s, we had a different understanding of the 1960s. Yeah. Okay. Not the 1860s. Um, the, of, rather than plenary and partial, there was like, there were a number of days assigned to Right. And if, a lot of people have old prayer books. Even republished ones still kind of do that. Like 300 know, days. 300 days. Uh, sometimes like 10 years. Or four quatrains. I'm not sure yeah. what that is. I. My understanding, I used, to, I used to think in my naivete, which I think many people do, I think it's an understandable misunderstanding. <laughs> <laughs> to turn a phrase. Um, an understandable misunderstanding. Yeah, it's an understandable misunderstanding that you would think that, oh, it's, if I say this prayer, it's 300 days out of purgatory. It doesn't work like that. It's never worked. And then like you're that. like, like you got like a sheet of paper right. being it's like, like oh, well, good, if, I, you know? if I live this long, I was like, well, like, I need, now I need to know. How many days in purgatory this sin costs? Yeah. Right, so you start doing an it's accounting. A mathematical equation. It's, it's That's not. Weird. It's not that at all. What that yeah. is is there were previous types of penances that now this penance the church is saying is equal to three hundred days of doing something else. Oh, so like when when the penances were more severe, right? And right. so it's basically uh, a lessening of the church's rigor of gaining the indulgence. Like instead of doing three hundred days of this thing, say whatever prayer now say this prayer and it will be equivalent to whatever indulgence yeah, you would got yeah. whether that was uh part usually partial yeah um because especially since we we don't know how time is calculated in purgatory yeah you know what 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 that especially the subjective i i think i read somewhere it was uh like one of those i don't know was a saint said that they had a a, a vision and co- conversation with somebody in purgatory or something like that or some retelling maybe it was i'm not sure who it was but um but this person supposedly this person uh 
was visited, I think, by their guardian angel on their deathbed and said, you can either suffer another year on earth in this illness and go straight to heaven when you die, or you could do, you know, uh, three hours in purgatory. And he's like, he just, he did that math? And he said, okay, I'll, I'll die now and take three hours in purgatory. And then, so he's in purgatory, and it seems like a long time, and his angel comes to visit him. He's like, I thought you said I'd only be here three hours. I've been here for, thir- you know, 30 years. It's like, time is calculated differently here. And he, he's it's like, the priest hasn't even started the, your requiem mass yet. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> that is crazy. So, you know, it's like the BMV. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or, uh, yeah. <laughs> Purgatory is like the B&B. Take a ticket. Take Next. A <laughs> Can I tell you guys my uh, funny... Why does my number... What, what's this sideways eight? Yeah. <laughs> That's infinite. <laughs> I, have a, I have a funny indulgence story. Can I share it? We can't really stop you without yeah, being uncharitable. Right. Okay. Well, I am going to share Unless it. Unless we edit it out. <laughs> so uh, at Franciscan, uh, when I was an undergrad, we had a household fair. So all the households would sell... Uh, food and it was just like you can go buy uh, brats for a couple bucks or not well our household was selling turkey legs like the really really big turkey legs okay um that was just our thing what happened to the rest of the turkey i don't know but we, <laughs> where'd you get them i don't know anyways were they real turkey i don't know <laughs> so okay. i continue i called them indulgences so i was you know i'd have like a little bell and i'd be like indulgences we're selling indulgences and um, <laughs> some of the people at the college did not like that I was saying that. I couldn't imagine why. I, I was like, look, look, no, 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 no. I, I used to be Lutheran. It's okay. Indulgences. <laughs> How does that make it okay? Okay, I was super wrong before, but now I it's okay. I had a tagline saying, buy a turkey leg and get your grandfather out of purgatory. And so, come on, it was pretty funny, right? I guess you, I guess really bizarre. I, mean, I guess you had to be there. since we don't know where the rest of the turkeys are. Because they're indulgent turkey legs. They're so indulgent. So I call them Oh, I didn't get... I, I wonder where the punchline was yeah. in that. You know, I knew I took a risk telling you guys that story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Pac-Man just got eaten yeah. by a ghost. And then I found $10. <laughs> All right. Um, are there opportunities for indulgences during Lent? Read the bulletin. Coming up. Um... Yes, uh, Stations of the Cross, um, saying the rosary. We say the rosary after Mass um, Monday through Saturday. You receive um, a plenary indulgence every time you say the rosary as a family. Sweet. Also or, reading scripture for half an hour. Oh, uh-huh. I didn't know that. Um, but saying the rosary here in church with the parish publicly is a opportunity for plenary indulgence. Can you also uh, pray in a church or chapel privately and get a plenary indulgence? I'd have to go back and look at There's actually what's called a manual of indulgences. It's published. You can get it, and it will tell you. It gives you all the grants and norms of what, what they are and then uh, the prayers and things like that. Quite, last question for you. Uh, how but, do you— uh, Oh, yeah. Keep stations going. of the Cross is specific to Lent. Well, you could do you could stay, do stations. Oh, anytime. Really, the, the, uh, I think the only Fridays. time it's inappropriate to do stations, I think, is on Sunday. Oh, okay. That makes I, sense. I always yeah. thought people do it during a Sunday Mass. I was like, that's kind of no, That's weird. weird. I, I think that, yeah, I suppose it can be done. I, I don't think there's any real pro- prohibition, but I just think it's a little bit, but also the juxtaposition like, is It was also during the liturgy, and I'm like, uh, Oh, no, you can't do that. That's, that's, that's. Like, you should be praying the liturgy. You know? Well, it's, it's A, it's Resurrection Day, yeah. and, and B, you're actually at Calvary at the Mass. Yeah, yeah so, I'm like, dude, stop walking around. Yeah, and yeah. you're distracting people. <laughs> 
Um, but uh, your question of other the, re- the other requirements for plenary indulgence in uh, for attachment to sin, right? Yeah. Right. So the normally you'll see it like under normal conditions. So right. it, it, it gives this act or this prayer is like the rosary in the family is a indul- it's granted an, a plenary indulgence under, under the normal, normal conditions. conditions. So that is in order to get it, you have to have. Uh, you have to receive communion that day, mm-hmm. right? So that's why on that day, yeah. So um, un- unless it specifies that you could a window, within a certain right? So confession yeah. is always a window. You don't have to go to confession on a specific yeah. day. I've heard seven days. I've heard twenty-one days. It's, it's currently the current law is twenty-one days. Yeah, uh, it used to be seven days before or after the indulgence act was done, but that was extended in the year two thousand for the jubilee indulgences, and then. Rome didn't say anything that it was ended, so somebody asked a question and said, and then Rome re- replied, "No, that is now permanent. It's it's a permanent thing. Oh. Uh, Twenty-one days before or after. Before or after. That's why I, I tell people to go to confession no more than every six weeks. But if you go every six weeks, then you've you've got." 21 days before and after any indulgence act in between those confessions. Right. So you, you meet that one requirement. Most plenary indulgences, you have to go to communion on the day of the act. You have to do the act. You have to say prayers for the intentions of the Holy Father. A Hail Mary, an Our Father, Hail Mary, glory be, will suffice, or you know, a creed, whatever, um, but something for the intentions of the Holy Father. Um, and for the, you also have to be free. You, you have to be in the state of grace by the completion of, of of the act and you have to be free from all attachment to sin which is usually the kicker and that's the hardest part really of getting a plenary indulgence over a simply a partial one because a plenary indulgence gets it it satisfies for all temporal punishment due to sin right so basically yeah no purgatory clean slate Um, if if one of these things would be lacking and you still did this indulgence act it would be a partial so like if you um, like if you were in the state of grace, but you didn't go to confession in that time period, that's not one of the requirements. You didn't meet one of the requirements, so it would be a partial. Or if you weren't able to go to communion, it would still be a partial. So you, you get, to sin. and most frequently it's the attachment to sin that would prevent somebody from being, um, uh, getting a, a full remission of, of temporal punishment. But what is that? It is that you, Attachment to sin would be that you're unwilling to renounce a specific sin, right? So if and by renouncement that would be if you are not actually taking steps to avoid that sin, right? If yeah. if you're like relying on your own strength or you're relying basically on what is tantamount to expecting God to work a miracle, or to actually in one sense do violence to your nature that you, He's going to stop you being tempted, that's not reasonable well, um, i think you said earlier it's that's the amending your life part right so you basically it's sh- and, and you have to show amendment of life by concrete steps yeah right so like if if you have uh if you are attached to the sin of intemperance through drink 
that means you would have to say, oh, well, I, I will do anything. I renounce that sin. I do not want to commit that sin anymore. And I will take, I'm taking concrete steps to avoid it. I'm, you know, praying for temperance. I'm doing the specific devotion to ask for that virtue. And I'm uh, not keeping company. I'm not going to bars anymore. You know, I'm going to AA. I'm, I'm doing these things. That would be, I think, my opinion, that would be sufficient to show that you have you, you do not have attachment to that sin because you're doing something to get rid of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but th- this is why it's important to, you know. That's reassuring because yeah. when you I, when I read up on attachment to sin, it was sort of like, that, be, that means you're a saint already. And I was like, well, then right. you're probably not going to get an indulgence. So it can't just be like something that's hog. impossible to get. Just because it's difficult doesn't, you know, if, if the, the church wouldn't give us something that's, you know that that's really would be unfair, yeah, right? To make yeah. it impossible, um, but but it is a really tremendous gift, which means it, it can be hard, it can be difficult. But if you really are working on your spiritual life, if you are living a sacramental life, then I think that is it's actually quite reasonable that people mm-hmm. can get um, not infrequently um, plenary indulgences. So, final question for you. Monsignor, I think it's the second time you said that. Well, yeah, but then you had a comment. So, anyways, it's his job, peanut, my fault. Peanut <laughs> yeah, gallery over here. Um, I think that's some somehow that's that's offensive to elephants. I'm not sure exactly how, but <laughs> so um, how do you how do you decide like what penance to give to a certain penitent? Oh, that is a good question. Because I'm just going to be honest. Oh, you want there, me to give the magician secrets I'm away? Be, I'm just going to be honest. There are certain times where I thought I had a pretty good week or whatnot, and then you're like, praise the penance, 12 Our Fathers. I'm like, oh, what did I do? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I mean, that's, you know, each confessor, you know, you might find that if you go to different confessors of sure. what each one thinks is more severe yeah. or not. And but I'm, you specifically, do you and, have like I, and I've of... also changed. You know, I I kind of go up up and down a little bit. Depends um, if you're hungry or not. It's because I, I try like, not to base it on me. I, I do try to base it on. <laughs> so um, don't go to confession during Exodus night. Well, <laughs> well just uh, kidding. Well, I'm just generally cranky, so don't go to me. Um, <laughs> it was because I, I do try to I listen to Toto. That's why. <laughs> yeah. I do try to, like, if, if it's men, I usually give Our Fathers. If it's women, I usually give Hail Marys. Oh, okay. Um, I, that sort of thing. Um, when I, I would like at some point to actually, to give different penances, but I actually need to write them down. And I don't write, ha- I don't have a system right now to, in order to, like, give people prescription slips mm. of, you know, like, I'll oh, read this scripture, pray this thing. It's, I just kind of stick with the, the prayers that I know people know. Um but it's usually a quantity of prayers. Um, I mean, I'll give advice and I'll, I'll recommend things and I'll say, I want you to do this or this um, as part of the council. But I'm usually very clear that's not part of your penance. This is your penance because I want you because you have to right. be able to know that you've you've actually completed it and done it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, it's yeah, it's usually I just kind of get a sense. Sometimes I actually say I'll have a penance in mind that I'm a, a I'm about to give, and then something else will come out. I'm like, okay, that must have been Christ giving yeah. him something else. It's usually less than I was going to give. <laughs> See, I mean, like, <laughs> just like, no. <laughs> I really like the the concreteness of the penances that you give, or just like uh, many priests that are like, this number of prayers. Or right. Do this you have to know when it starts and stops. Yeah. You can't give somebody. For your penance, 
go kneel in front of the statue of Our Lady and just pause and reflect on your life for yeah, a few like, minutes. Well, and it's like, then wait, I'm, wait, then I'm like, a, is yeah. a few minutes three, three or like, am I, I, am I done? Three, yeah, it's like, and then I look at my watch and I'm like, like if I was distracted, does it still count? Yeah. You know, what? One time I, I had a, a, a penance in college that was like so, it was, it was quite unreasonable for someone to do it, it. Like it was many days worth of prayers for this for, well, I don't even know why I was given it, but, um, if I heard your confession, I could probably tell you. <laughs> but then I went. To, but then I went to uh, confession like the next time with a different priest, and the priest was like, "Okay, I am freeing you of that penance. Right. I'm going to give you a different penance to do." And so, which you um, need to do. And that's why it's important yeah. when you go to confession to say, you know, it's been so long since my last confession. State your state in life, and that you went to confession, you received absolution, and did your penance. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah. and explain and if you if you don't if you think that you can't do the penance then just tell the priest it's like i i don't understand i can't do that can you just give me you know a, a number of prayers that you know yeah yeah um and and yeah that that's usually fine or you can just if he says no that he wants you to do that well then okay thank you and then go and then you go to another priest and get it commuted mm. to something else so any any uh fellow alums from franciscan will remember this certain priest who is not there anymore so i don't i think it's okay to say this but they would give out for their penances this certain friar loved making pamphlets uh he he wrote pamphlets for particular sins that people would be attached to were they color coded? So and they were color coded. They were color coded. You walked out so, with like, so. Oh, you had the pink one. You know, when, oh yeah, yellow one. When we're in the chapel and there's like maybe eight friars around here in confession, and then you're like, oh, he got the blue one. Oh, you know, so I know what you did. And then he was like, read this for your penance. I'm like, oh man, gotta get Can this. Can I just have an Our Fathers? <laughs> so you just go to the friar yeah. next next to him, and be like, oh, yeah. Could, could I trade my green one for a blue one? Could I? It's like a Pokemon card. <laughs> Upgrade. All right. So uh, hopefully... You hopefully, can... I have a feeling this this particular podcast will engender some questions that will be... Oh, yeah. You're going to get emails. questions yeah. on this one. So, Lots of questions so. about particular situations, maybe. So. Which I can't answer. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> That's my way of saying don't bother. No. We welcome your questions. Please email them.